My name is Mike Trevisano. I'm ordained as an Osho in our order. I want to talk this week about the practice of remembering. But first, I want to talk just for a few moments about the truth, and then we'll bring them together. In Buddhism, uh, there is nothing that is offered as the truth. There is nothing in Buddhism to believe in. It's not what the practice is about. The practice is about finding out for ourselves what's true. And the first reading I'd like to offer says this in, in really no uncertain terms. In a teaching to the Kalamas, the Buddha gives his criteria for acceptance on what we should accept as true. And he says, Come, Kalamas, do not go upon what has been acquired by repeated hearing, nor upon tradition nor upon rumor, nor upon what is in a scripture, nor upon surmise or an axiom or careless reasoning, nor upon a bias towards a notion that has been pondered over, nor upon another's seeming ability, nor upon the consideration, this monk is our teacher. No. Columns, when you yourselves know these things are good, these things are not blamable, these things are praised by the wise, undertaken, and observed. These things lead to a benefit and happiness. Enter on and abide in them. Said another way, believe only what is true for you. It should be as true as a, as a jewel sitting in the palm of your hand. I, I see it. I absolutely know that there's a jewel in the palm of my hand. I will take that as true. When, when a, a teaching, an idea, a concept, a belief, when that is as clear as that, as a jewel in your own hand, only accept it then. Don't accept it because a teacher says it. Don't accept it because it's written in a book. Don't accept it because somebody's super-duper smart and well-liked and cool or whatever. Don't accept it because I say it. Don't accept it because anybody says it. Accept it only when it's true for you. The second reading on this comes from the, the Maha Parinibbana Sutta. It's the very last words of the Buddha. His, his friends and attendants, Ananda in particular, are, are overcome because the Buddha is dying. He is, his death is imminent. It's moments away. And there... Terrified to lose their teacher, their friend, their, the person they've been with for years and years and years. What is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to the practice with you gone? What should we do? And the Buddha says to them, Be lamps unto yourselves. Rely on yourselves. Do not rely on external help. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp. Seek salvation alone in the truth. Look not for assistance to anyone besides yourselves. And then his very last words. All individual things pass away. Strive on untiringly. The interpretation of those very last words uh, always impact me uh, greatly. I would almost... If I, had, if, I, if I had my favorite words of the Buddha, it might be this one, because they're the most urgent words to me. He's, he's dying. These are his very last words. He, he's dying. 
And he says, he says to him, this is coming. This is coming. Everything passes away. All things decay. All things break apart. Strive on un untiringly. Figure it out for yourselves. Find the truth. Be a lamp unto yourselves. This is, this is it. This is what it's all about. This is what, this is what a spiritual practice is all about. Finding truth that we can rely on. Someday, maybe even today, the only thing that's going to stand between me and some black plummet is going to be what I know to be true. Right? All other kind of questions and guesses and things that I've been playing around with and Instagram posts that were very clever, right? Cool podcasts. I don't know. All of those things are going to just break apart. They're going to fall away. The only thing that I'm going to be able to rely on is what I know to be true. If all I know to be true is something that's scary, then I'm going to be scared. If all I know to be true is something that, that makes me nervous or anxious or feel that I'm going to be nervous and anxious. If what I know is something that gives me hope and helps me realize something bigger than myself and fills me with uh, joy and a sense of equanimity and compassion, then that's what I will have. So this is why the practice of remembering is so important. Because I have, to I have to remember these things. If you're like me, what tends to happen is I spend some time, I get some sort of realization, I feel really, really good, I figured it out. Hey, I may even be enlightened, right? And then something happens. And I freak out, I act like a jerk, I say things that I regret, I, I ruin relationships, right? I, I feel horrible for days on end, right? All of the stuff that a human does. Because that thing that I thought I discovered was not there. It wasn't there when I needed it, right? So I've got to find a way to close that gap. To close the gap between what I know to be true and having it with me when, when life punches me in the face. Right? Because life will ultimately punch me in the face. That's what life does. I, uh, so that's, what, that's why I want to talk about the practice of remembering. Because there is no teaching that's going to do it. There is no single thing that, that you know, I, I've, I've spoken before, I've given Dharma talks on the paramita of virya, or energy and practice, I've, and the right effort. I've, I've talked about the importance of, of, of practice in our lives and what that can do on you know, greater realization and how, and how it can help us to uh, not suffer so much and to develop skills to be able to handle things as they come, right? Uh, but they're only as good as, as me remembering to do them, right? So there's this funny thing. If I had to say what's the most 
important thing to remember. The most important thing to remember is to remember. Great. Great teaching, Mike. Most important thing to remember is to remember. Hear me out. Hear me out just a minute. I often think that, you know, we call this a practice, a practice of, you know, of learning or growth or change, right? Uh, but I often think that it, what it really is, is a practice of remembering, it, of reminding myself of stuff that I already know is true. Stuff that I already, it's right in front of my face, right? It's, it's remembering what it feels like to notice life when I really notice it. If I, when we talk about our true self and we use metaphors of, of uh, realization and enlightenment and crossing the other shore and all of these things, but ultimately these things that we're talking about are things that are right in front of us if we remember them. So, um, I have to confess, I... Uh, even though I gave those talks on, on practice and energy and discipline and effort. And, uh, and in them I talked about, you know, how important that that's what it's all about. If you think it's about some light switch that's going to, you know, flick and all of a sudden, wow, I'm, I'm, I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. I, I never get anxious. I never get depressed. I'm not challenged anymore. I have my relationships are all perfect. Ever since that thing I learned, everything is perfect. If that it is a fallacy, and and Buddhism is not uh, <laughs> is is uh, not blameless in in having some icons that could, if you're not careful, give the idea that that's how it really is going to be. Right? We've all we all know the statues of the Buddha. Right? The perfect, serene face, like the the calm. Halcyon smile, the eyes that are shut, right? It's the poster, right? It's the, that's, well, that's what I get, right? After all the work and all the stuff that I do, I will, I will be that, right? I mean, I'm going to have the face. I'm going to walk around. I'll probably talk kind of breathy-like, you know? Yes, yes, sure. That will be me, and I will, there will be no more suffering. And you can buy into that. So my confession is, I think if I'm not careful, I, I forget. And I think, well, that's just bound to happen. I'll talk about the practice and stuff like that. But ultimately, I'm going to switch over and be this thing that doesn't have these horrible things in his life anymore. Right? No. No. No, no, no. Throw it out. It's not that. Kill the idol. Get rid of that stuff. Rely on what you know to be true. And remember it when you need it. So, let's talk about that for a moment. So, because he says, be lamps unto yourself. But if you think about it, it's right in that sentence. Be a lamp unto yourself. Well, a lamp, it needs oil. It needs a wick, right, that isn't burned all the way down, right? It, it, it needs a, a way to keep burning. You have to tend to it. That's the practice. So, being a lamp unto yourself, it... it includes this idea of remembering. So what can we do? How, how can we remember to remember? Here's where this talk is going to get 
uber practical because I don't care if it's cheesy. I don't care if it's, uh, I don't know, obvious, too obvious, right? Ah, this is like, you know, elementary school talks, but I don't, I don't care. When life punches, I don't care how easy, I don't care how elementary school it is. I, I need it. I need to remember what I know to be true. So, that's all about the practice. So there's the weekly talks. Attend the weekly talks. Watch them. Read the good books. Right? Keep yourself... Uh, there's the, the daily practice we, we talk about very frequently of, of, a, of having an altar space, a butsudan, something that's sacred to you. If it doesn't, I don't have an altar, an altar, an altar in my home. I talk to people, and I, it's cool. I get it. I totally get it. Not everybody wants to have a, a Buddhist Zen, you know, Butsudan altar in their, in their room. Doesn't feel right for them, whatever. Cool. No, no big deal. No judgment on that. Have a space in your home somewhere that is sacred, even if it's just a little secret thing deep in your heart and here, and you hold on to it. Nobody knows that that picture of... Uh, my dog when I was a kid, or, you know, my kid, or that flower over there, that's sacred to me. And when I walk over to it, and I shut my eyes, and I think about it, that flower reminds me of what I know to be true in my heart. And that's why I do it every day. It's cool. Do the thing that will get you to that place of truth that you know to be true, that will help you when you need it. I, you know, I wrote, I wrote this down to talk about, but uh, uh, I'm not making this as a recommendation. But get a tattoo. My buddy Bob has tattoos on his wrist. And they, he, they, one says breathe in and one says breathe out. Now, I'm not recommending that you get a tattoo that says anything or a tattoo any way, shape, or form. But it works for him. When life gets him, when, when things get heavy and, and he doesn't know what's going on, all he needs to do is look down and he remembers. Breathe in. Breathe out. He remembers the headspace he was at when he got that tattoo. He remembers his daughters that he was with when they all got tattoos together. It's a, it's a passage for him that works for him and it is a, it is a, a practice. Another one, write a sign. I, I don't want to mess up the camera of this talk, but if I could, I'd turn it around and I would show you. Above my work desk, I've, uh, for my day job, I have a sign. And it says, it's, it's with tape on it. Just, I just taped on my, <laughs> it's like, not, not like a decorator's kind of dream. Wow, it's a nice piece of paper you got taped on your wall. It says empathy. I've had it for a bunch of years because once upon a time I was dealing with a, a client who was uh, difficult. And uh, I can take the bait just like anybody. If you, if you, if you sound <laughs> disrespectful or mean or you're a jerk, you're a jerk to other people in front of me, you're a bully, I will take the bait and I will jump and I can be just as nasty. And to remind myself, that's not what I want to have happen for myself, for them, or for anyone. 
I just printed out a sign that said empathy. I taped it on the wall. So when I would get on conference calls with this person, I would look at that sign. I'd present status and I would look at that sign. And when emotions would well up, I would look at that sign and I would remember what I want to have happen with this person. And it saved my bacon. And so I keep it there. I keep the sign there to remember the person I want to do. I mean, that can't get much more practical than that, right? It's a piece of paper typed on a wall to remind you. If I could, I would have something like my buddy's tattoos on the inside of my eyelids. Remember, dude. Remember what you want. Remember the person you want to be. Be that person. When things hit you, be that person. Remember it. Remember the teaching that worked for you. Which brings me to the last one. This is also something that I do. Something that you can do too. Something that everybody can do. I have a list on my phone. Uh, I have an iPhone, like, you know, most of the planet, right? Not an iPhone, you've got some other kind, right? Google something. I have a note, and I have, because I'm very creative, I have, it's titled, Reminders. And my list of reminders is just that. They are, it's, it's not long, it's maybe a page and a half, you know, if I were to print it out, but it's the greatest hits. It's the stuff that is true for me. That the moment I read it, the moment I read it, I'm, de I'm delivered. I re I re I'm, ah, that's right. It, they're, they're special words. I would offer them, I would send them out, I would share them with the world, but that's the problem. They're only true for me. So it's up to you to make your own. Open up a note, title it Reminders. You can do that. I won't, I won't sue you for copyright. It's just a note on your phone. And when you see that post on social media, the, the one that makes you go, wow, yeah, man, I need to remember that. I need to remember, well, put it in your list of reminders. And then when you get stuck, open your list of reminders and read them. It's funny because I, I, I read them every day, I think. If not every day, five or six times a week. I could recite them verbatim. I could just spit them out. But it's funny because saying them, like reminding them, reminding myself of what they are is different than when I read them. There's something magical about bringing it up, seeing it. Maybe I'm connecting to, you know, the mic that wrote it in that, in that note rather than the mic that is now just trying to remember it. What does one of my things say? Remember Remember to do this. That's it's not helping. But somehow, when I look at it, it helps. So this is this is cross tradition stuff, right? I I'm not I'm not preaching Buddhist gospel here, right? If what works for you is Christian, write it, write write that thing that Christ said. If it's if it's some complete uh, atheist. Natural, naturalist wisdom that connects with you and, and helps your very human, evolved heart to beat a little bit better, write that. Write the thing that's true for you and pull it up when you need it. That's what this talk is about. I'm talking fervently here because if I had to, if I had to say 
there was one thing that I would offer. What's the one thing, man? Mike, what's the one thing you would want people to know? It would be, remember what's true for you and remember it when you need it. Put in place some kind of practice, some kind of something, so that it, it is not out of your reach when you need it. When things get you, when life starts to punch at you, that you have something to go to. No matter what that might is, that it is true for you. I hope this was helpful. Be well. Good luck. We're all in this journey together, right? In oneness, we are all just one thing making our way. But in our, in our ego selves, in our individual expressions of that oneness, we got to find these things out for ourselves. There is no way around it. We will all, one day, encounter the most difficult stuff. And the only thing we'll be able to rely on is what's true for us. And it is only useful if we remember.